This episode of Tinfoil Tales comes with a content warning and a reminder that this podcast is for mature audiences only. Unless I haven't been paying attention, man, the moon doesn't look normal. You keep the pressure on, correct? We stay until we win, is that right? At the moment, you're under arrest for incitement. Have you guys been following me? We're winning, folks. Okay, we're winning. We're pushing back the dark. You ask simply two questions to find a filthy Freemason de Molay. Where did you go to school? Which primary school? Which high school? And who's your daddy? Hey guys, welcome to Tinfoil Tales. I'm Sauce. Welcome, I'm Sandy. We've been having a bit of a think about how we can get more content into your ears. Uh, yeah, <laughs> so sorry everyone. The deep dive episodes, they just take us far too long because we have to look through so much content. So we thought that we might change things up a bit. So from now, we will be in your feed on a more regular basis with a mixture of a up-to-date news segment and then some in-depth episodes. We also thought we might take this opportunity to have a bit of a chat because someone asked us the other day about how the hell did we end up doing a podcast? <laughs> Sandy, how did we end up doing a podcast? Oh my gosh. It was by accident, wasn't it really? It was. Yeah. Well, I know for me, I'd been into podcasts for a really long time. I started off listening to Joe Rogan Experience uh, back over 10 years ago when he was yep. just a little guy. <laughs> and then, I, oh gosh, I listened to him probably for about 10 years and then COVID hit and he turned into a little bit of a wanker. So there goes my Joe Rogan. I'm, I'm quite upset about that, but anyway. And then I fell into the Conditional Release Program podcast because they started up theirs and naturally they were talking about the things that I was interested in, in at the time, which was all of this. So how did you get interested in all of this? What, what led you down the path of oh. jumping down rabbit holes? Oh, well, well, for me, um, it was a family friend. Um, yep. Just like everybody else here, I think people would have noticed that during the pandemic when all of that started happening, we all got locked down into our houses and everyone got online, didn't mm, they? Mm. And then eventually we found that your friend, there was a friend or a family member that kind of started acting a little bit odd or maybe DMing you a lot of weird videos. <laughs> and that's exactly <laughs> how it happened for me. And I was going, at first I actually was like, well, there is actually quite a lot of people talking about this. Maybe they're onto something. Yeah. And I remember actually go, like at the first going, okay, I'm going to see what this is all about. Maybe maybe it's real, like what they're saying. And then I went and looked and then I, get, I just got frustrated. I'm like, well, that's obviously not true. What is going on here? Yeah. So that's what led me down the whole thing. I wanted to figure out what was going on. First I was fascinated and then I wanted to figure out why. Yeah. How about you, Sauce? <laughs> Um, I probably started on this before COVID was probably the orange man watching, Trump. <laughs> watching Trump and the change in politics in America and the rise of the Karen, we'll call it that. <laughs> and then same with you, COVID happened. It just all started getting a bit odd. I saw Monica and my attention was like, huh. It's weird, this chick from Packy, all of a sudden with a bus 
live streamers all around are that sounds weird and like you just started going that doesn't sound right I'll have a look at that myself yeah ended up same listening to the conditional release program um <laughs> then randomly I think both of us separately were sending things to to Joel and Jack we in were DMs all talking, and we and, were all talking through Twitter weren't we and on then Twitter. they then they created a little group and went hey no. you two you no. two keep sending us stuff. Is that not, I can't even remember no, what happened. It, no, what actually happened was you did. Oh, did so I? We were all watching the protests happening during all the lockdowns, those big protests, and suddenly I get this little DM and it's sauce with Joel and Jack. And I'm going, oh, this is quite interesting. And you guys were asking me if I knew who this person was or who that person was or whatever. And at the time, I did. I caught you guys up on who the whole, who was who in the zoo. And then we all started doing little um, protest watching groups. There you go. I remember there was you, me and Joel. Yep. And we were watching the Melbourne protest stuff going down on our screens with our little DMs open going, oh, my God, did you see that? (laughs) Too funny. So, yeah, then we started doing a bit of stuff for Joel and Jack and then here we are here, but... And you were actually the first one that explained to me because I went into this because of the conspiracy stuff. So I had yep. also been looking at the QAnon phenomena a little bit, probably about 12 months before COVID hit. So I was really interested in all the little conspiracies that they were talking about. But you were the first person that came to me and said, there's a political thing going on and there's a religious thing going on. And I went, oh, yeah, you're right. I, mm. And then that's where... I think we just all came together and yeah. we all went, okay, something really odd's going yeah. on here and he- here we are today. Mm. Yeah. So we helped out um, the Conditional Release Program podcast as their little researchers, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> and they, we wanted to stay really, really quiet. We weren't yeah. really comfortable get putting ourselves out there at the beginning. And then eventually I think Joel kind of pushed to say, hey, guys, you really should you know, speak up. And I said I would do it only if you did it with me. <laughs> Yeah, I was like, Sauce has to do this because your knowledge is... And I didn't want to do it, I'll be completely honest. I did not want to do this really at all, but anyway, here we are. (laughs) (laughs) It's been a journey because since then so much has happened. We're like, thank God we did this. (laughs) It's actually really quite interesting. Correct. But it's not just us, is it? No, no, it is not just us. There is quite a little community on our side as well. We've met some great great people on there's been people on Facebook there's been people on Twitter Mm. and then we're all kind of going hey did you see this have you noticed that I found this out and we're sharing information with each other yeah I think for me it's the ability for us to like we are very blessed to be in some very good little DM groups um with people that man you just learn so much from them I'm going to call out celery sorbet and the freest freedom in somewhere. Oh, you always get stuck. <laughs> Sorry, <on> free. <laughs> um, look, both of those, both of those accounts. If you're not following them, you really need to. They're deep dives that they do, and their threads. Like I read them and just go like, "Wow, I wish I was as articulate as those guys." Yes, we've got a little Canberra crew that certainly helped us massively <laughs> during everything to do with Canberra like these guys really were the go-to just for geography 
you know, who is that person? They really kept a close eye on it. So we're pretty lucky and we do get some great tips sent through to us, which, you know, we then use in in episodes or in, you know, looking at things. Because for us, it's not it's not so much like the the little person who does a show. Like we're not that bothered by them, to be fair. It's more who's connected to who. So like we might see someone and like today that little post or that little person doesn't mean anything, but somewhere down the line, <laughs> we're going to draw a line back from that person <laughs> to yeah. someone else and go, oh, hang on, didn't this person say that four months ago? And then so, what yeah. we're really trying to keep an eye on is how they're interacting with the real yeah. world and if there's anything to be concerned about or how this is going to impact and it is, it absolutely is because, you know, they're going for elections and they're running to the councils and mm. they're having an impact, which we're going to talk about today, actually. Yeah, so let's let's get into it. So as they say in the classics, it's been a big week in news. As mentioned in our last episode about Guru and Bosi, when SOS did a talk about amplification of hate speech and we discussed the pivot of this movement towards the LGBTQIA community, well, our message has proven to be on point. Since we recorded that episode, many events have happened that have targeted this community, more prominently towards trans women, but also towards the community as a whole. Much like calling politicians and those in power pedophiles, that term is being thrown at more people they don't like to denigrate them and garner support for their own side. Because who could not hate a pedophile, right? And if you disagree with them, well, you're a pedophile protector. That is an argument you just can't win, and that's why they love it. While they will yell this at trans community and their supporters, not one that we have seen has gone out to yell at a church. In fact, they will defend the religion and their churches. Their hypocrisy is strong, but last weekend was full of hypocrisy. So let's start with the Kelly J. Keene protest in Melbourne. Oh, what a day. <laughs> was what a intense. day. And we are going to try to do our best for those who haven't seen it or maybe you're not from Melbourne and you didn't quite get the lay of the land. So we did head down on Saturday to show support for the LGBTQIA plus community and to see if the normal weekly protest crew could get more of their community out onto the street. They'd been doing a lot of call-outs, you know, let's get back to the street. So it was going to be interesting to see if they actually did get anyone back to the street. Newsflash, they didn't. There was no one. Maybe there was four more people than there would normally be, but no, there wasn't. So we'll try and paint the picture of where everyone was located on the day. So in one corner on the step side, you had the weekly freedom fighters. And in the other corner, you had Kelly J. Keene's TERFs. So TERF, if you don't know, means trans exclusion radical feminists. That name says it all. So Kelly J. had come over from the UK to do a speaking tour around Australia. And despite efforts to petition to have her not be allowed to come here, she did. So counter-protests were organized at each of her rallies and Melbourne was no different. So a little group started to form around Kelly and, you know, her marshals got very upset by that and demanded that the protesters were moved. So they were pushed across the road by Vic Paul. And I mean pushed, physically pushed. They weren't asked to move nicely. They were rounded up and physically pushed backwards across the street. So now we've got three groups. 
two groups on the side of Parliament and one on the opposite side of Spring Street. The counter-protests were actually pushed into a pretty small space and were lined with cops making sure that no one left the area, which was a little bit weird as some of the protest streamers were going into the counter-protests, trying to do the whole just asking questions thing, and were given very short shrift. And then using that as evidence that the left just can't make an argument. No, mate, they just knew who you were and that you're a dickhead. The audacity of these people who bring their children to protest and watch them yell about pedo protectors had the cheek to say to someone, mind your language, there's kids here. So then the neo-Nazis arrived out of a laneway. And I will have you know that when they arrived, they were not looking to stay civil. In fact, they made their way towards the trans right activist group and were not stopped by police. They were stopped by supporters of the trans right activist who had formed a barrier between them and the protesters they were trying to get to. This happened outside the pub, with one Nazi getting in their faces calling them pedophile protectors, with these trans rights supporters not backing down. That's when the mounted cops came over and formed a barrier between them and forced them to turn around and make their formation in the middle of the road, producing a banner and proceeding to throw up Roman salutes for about 40 minutes. But in this time, a large group of counter-protesters arrived from another direction, This group was organised by CAF, Campaign Against Racism and Fascism, who were supporting the trans rights activists and had earlier on met at Carlton Gardens to do speeches along with Andy Meddy. They marched up Spring Street and were stopped by police just before Parliament. So now we have a large group of counter-protesters on the road just before Parliament. Lots of cops, a row of mounted cops, the boys playing dress-ups, then the weekly protesters then the group with Kelly J. Keane. And on the opposite side of the road facing Parliament is the other half of the counter-protest. So they were boxed in and they were outnumbered at least two to one. Definitely outnumbered. What's going on, man? What's going on? What's going on? Tell us what's going on here. Good idea. So that clip is from when the boys in their matching outfits walked up and stood basically right next to the freedom protest. And you can hear that they were pretty happy to see them join in. They were stoked. (laughs) They were stoked. (laughs) Oh my God. At this point, there's a bit of handshaking, friendly chats (laughs) happening all over the place. (laughs) So here's more hypocrisy. Remember all that rhetoric around the population being genocided Holocaust style during the pandemic? You know, yellow stars, show me your papers, and Nuremberg 2.0, where our freedom fighters compared themselves to the Jewish people during World War II. Funny that they did not appear to be able to recognize the Nazis standing right in front of them. In fact, shook their hands and welcomed them into their group. And why were they so confused? Because they liked the Nazis' banner. It read, Destroy Pedo Freaks, which given the rhetoric around trans women and drag queens that we have been seeing and who that banner was facing, we all know that translates to kill trans people. One of the freedom marchers back, she thought they were pretty cute though, um, until she realised who they were. But she didn't appear to have an issue with the banner calling for people to die though. 
Here's Layla explaining how confused she was that they were Nazis because she liked the banner too. You know, that, it, it was just embarrassing. You know what? If they had just stuck to the anti-pedophile stuff and they didn't do any Nazi salutes, that would have been 10 out of 10. I would have been like, yeah, the boy. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know. Like... You're so right. I'm with you on that because I, I in the beginning, I, I wasn't too sure who they were. And um, uh, at first I could tell that they looked like trouble. Like, hang on, why are these Antifa-looking guys coming to this protest? And then when they stood in a line in the middle of the road and put up the banner that says destroy pedo freaks, I was like, oh. Okay, hang on a second. I'm a bit confused. These guys seem to be with us with the same message. That's yeah. why I was like, yeah, go boys, because I was happy with that banner. But then I got the phone call. <laughs> Layla, get away from them. They know who you think they are. This is who they are. And so I, I was really shocked. I was really shocked. But then I saw the Nazi salutes and I knew the fact that they did that, that was a setup. The disgusting banner on display was what melded these two groups together. If your views are such that you can't decipher whether you are on the side of Nazis or not, then perhaps have a good hard look at yourself and your views. So there was a lot of chat going on. Kane, Ilana, Michael, Vanessa, a few others were standing in a circle having a chat with one of the prominent, well-known NSN members who has a large Sonnenrad tattoo on his shoulder in full view. Some of the weekly guys left at this point to do their march, leaving the others behind to watch the boys do their salutes up on the steps. With two turning around to mock the counter-protesters and continue to laugh at them, mind you. <laughs> and Alana running up, talking to them when they were standing up on those steps. I, I've still got secondhand embarrassment talking about it now. Randall uh, did a brief interview with one of the boys who assured him that they were there to protect the children too, just like him. Oh, and they were also there because white men are being ethnically cleansed in Europe. Wow. That's their words, by the way, not mine. Yeah. He was not concerned at all with that rhetoric. He did not push back nope. on it at all whatsoever. He was just glad a Nazi was on his side. I've seen Randall throw counter arguments at a drag queen. But he couldn't do that with a Nazi, which is very telling, if you ask yeah, me. Yeah, I, I just want to jump in and remind everyone that these people don't actually believe that the Holocaust happened. Like, that's who we're, that's who we're talking about. That one of the most outrageous things that I heard them say, um, a guy broke through the police cordon at one point and ran up and tried to steal their Australian flag. <laughs> and th they were all like, oh, they're so antagonizing. They're just antagonizing us. And it's like, what, a guy stealing a flag's antagonizing, but doing Nazi salutes, is it? <laughs> so after they did the disgusting display on the steps, they were given an escorted, and when I say escorted, I'm talking a police escort, back across the road and down past all the protesters. I mean, when the live streamers are saying this... <laughs> Supporting the group over here. They 
trying to keep us safe right now. So, yeah, it's not good. We should all be incredibly concerned when neo-Nazis have allies. So the aftermath, what happened when the dust had settled? Well, there are still a large number of people who think it was a setup, that they were Antifa, that they work for Dan, that they were paid to attend. Sometimes the most obvious answer is in fact the answer. They were there to recruit. Look, I'll give we gave credit to Billy, I think, in the last episode as well, which is a bit of a trend at the moment. Um, but Billy from AUM, mate, he was quick off the mark. He was bang, straight out of the gate, on the day, and he posted this. He knew who they were, yeah. yeah. Fuck this shit, I'm out. Mm-mm. Fuck this shit, I'm out. No thanks. Look, 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 look at this. Somebody come look at this. Look at this. Somebody come and look at this. Look at this. Excuse me, please. Fuck this shit, I'm out. Nope. Fuck this shit, I'm out. Alright then. I don't know what the fuck just happened, but I don't really care. I'ma get the fuck up out of here. Fuck this shit, I'm out. Beck has also spoken out saying she doesn't believe in that ideology, but confusingly was happy that were they, they were there to protect the freedom protest. Anthony Barge posted two and a couple of others, but they are very much in the minority. And it's funny that they are all reacting like this is the very first time that these guys have attended a rally. First sighting, I recall, was 2021, guys. Right, for the best researchers out there, they have been apparently oblivious to this faction infiltrating their protests from very early on. In fact, organised and promoted and attended Mm. by people connected with these groups in Melbourne. We've been aware of this from the beginning. It's how I was even exposed to this little underbelly of Melbourne. I didn't know this shit was going on when the pandemic first hit. Next minute, I'm asking, who are the Proud Boys? Yep, the conditional release program, Tom Tanaki and a bunch of other people, including journalists, have been publicly raising the alarm that this has been happening within the movement, and yet our subjects wonder why they keep getting referred to as far right. Well, if it's walking and quacking, that's all I have to say on that. Yeah. God. Anyway, so a funny little thing happened afterwards when Beck from the Freedom Protesters was informed that a member of Antifa had a weapon. So, focusing on, unfortunately, Saturday, because that's what needs to be called out, everyone wants to talk about who stands with who, who backed up who, who supported fucking who. How about we talk about the people that let the NAZIs through? Why did they let them through? Is it because they thought that they would have more control over the situation than what the police themselves would? Because one of the members from the Freedom Group called out the fact that there was a weapon in one of their hands and they were dismissed. Why were they dismissed? In fact, the police officer said there was a spoon. Why the fuck was somebody from the left, Antifa, Calf, whoever the fuck they were, Why would they be running down the street carrying a goddamn fucking spoon? What? 
Sauce, you and I cracked up laughing when we saw this video because at the rally you also <laughs> noticed the spoon, but it was accompanied by a pot, wasn't I it? Did. <laughs> I did. At one point I, I actually said to Sandy, oh, my God, remember James Bartolo saying that everyone should bang their pots outside at 7 p.m.? Yes. And look, Sandy, here they are banging pots at a rally. James it was the be... counter-protests that were doing it. <laughs> Correct. Not... James, James would be so proud. <laughs> <laughs> so the reason why they were doing it, obviously, was just to make as much noise as possible, just to drown out the hate that was coming at them from the other side of the street. But it was very, very funny. Oh, too far. <laughs> oh, it's just too much. Along with Danny and a pic of the Nazis on the stairs doing their salutes, but the angle made it look like they were holding hands. And he was so convinced that this is what was happening. And then one person on Twitter actually took a close-up screenshot of one of the boys' ear and it was all pixelated and everything and he was trying to convince me that there was an earpiece in his ear. <laughs> oh, they really are silly. Could someone please let Beck know she can cool it with the conspiracies? It was a spoon. It came with a pot. The spoon was not aimed at you. It was aimed at the turfs. I'm sure there is footage somewhere if anyone can be bothered to find it, but we saw it in real time, so consider that theory debunked. Then on Tuesday, a group of trans rights activists planned a counter-protest to a Mark Latham speech in a church in Sydney's West. They were met by hundreds of members of a group called Christian Lives Matter who felt they were insulting their religion and had no place in their community of Belfield. There's a video put out by one of them, Christian Suka, the day before the planned protest. He has been reportedly charged with encouraging the commission of crimes but claims the video was not meant to be taken that way. But let's have a listen. Hey, Michaels, if you're going down tomorrow uh, to, to, to see the protesters, there is only one way. And that way is to grab them and you drag them by their fucking hair and you fucking get them out of there. If you want to go pray the rosary, you take Charlie Bechus with you and you go to St. Charbel's and pray the rosary there. You you go pray the rosary there. To the real boys, to the real motherfucking Gs, you go there tomorrow and you fucking shake them up and you drag them by their fucking head and you remove them from, 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 from St. Michael's Billfield. Time to rise. Time to let them know where we stand. That's the only answer I've got for you. Peace be with you tomorrow at St. Michael. Again, it's somewhat hypocritical to be offended by their views and say they have no place in your community when a couple of weeks ago you went as a group into their community and encircled them while praying the Hail Mary over them. The counter-protesters were met with extreme hostility, assaults, police having to kind of jam them between two parked cars and surround them. They had bottles thrown at them. Female protesters were punched in the back of the head by men. Three people have been arrested. I'm hoping that the investigation's continuing. I hope more people get arrested. That was hideous, absolutely yeah. hideous. In the end, the riot squad were called and the protesters had to be bussed out to safety. I mean, what the, what the fuck? Also in attendance was a live streamer from Sydney, a guy called Chris, who attends a lot of protests. He's supposed to be nonpartisan, but he's not. And he's, he's quite welcomed into mm. right-wing protests. 
but not left-wing protests, much to his annoyance, often claiming left-wing protesters are vile and violent towards him. They just don't like him and he's not welcome at their protests. I know that Chris always says that he wants dialogue, but at these rallies, it's just not the place and time to engage and he doesn't want dialogue. It's, you know, he's one of those change my mind blokes. Um, (laughs) They know he isn't there to, to help their cause and they know that he's not going to be fair. He's just too biased and he'll spin his content to make them look bad. And what they have done to him does not compare at all to what happened next. He got a surprise when this group of not lefties got quite violent with him on this day. The footage of that Mm. altercation was actually quite harrowing. While chaos was ensuing on the streets of Belfield, Chris ran into the mob towards the trans right activists, greeting the milling people with, G'day, welcome to the party, explaining to the viewers that social progressives had arrived to counter-protest Mark Latham's event. I don't think he knew what was going on. I just don't think he, I just don't think he read it well at all. But one minute into his live, as he arrives at where the altercation was occurring, a large man spots him, yells at him to get the fuck out of here, pushing him backwards, and Chris, who was a small guy, goes flying Mm. backwards, which looked to be a couple of metres at least, and lands on the asphalt road. And all you see is his petrified face looking up, with the camera facing upwards now at a group of men surrounding him before going dark. Luckily for Chris, because he is well known in these conservative circles, he appeared to be recognised by the very person who recorded that video that you just heard, and who then jumped in to protect him and managed to get the mob off Chris with only his phone smashed. There hasn't really been much acknowledgement from Chris that the only reason they attacked him in the first place was because they thought he was a trans rights activist, and the only reason they saved him is because they worked out that he wasn't. This is audio, and you can't see me, but facepalm. This Christian Lives Matter group has been active for years against the LGBTQIA plus community with an Instagram account where videos of acts against this community and mocking their views, their rainbow flags, etc. are uploaded. This account came to my attention during the pandemic when Romeo Georges did a live with Charlie Bacos where they discussed conspiracies around an ad at the time that depicted two gay youths claiming one of them was actually an adult because the date on the generic stock photo of a vaccine certificate used in the ad had an adult birth date. I debunked these claims at the time, but they were teenage actors from a youth group and the producers of the ad had used the stock photo, which was easily Googleable at the time. It wasn't the actor's actual vax pass. How did they even think that it would be? <sighs> so dumb. <laughs> He claimed also that the T-shirt that this same actor that he claimed was the adult was wearing, which had printed on it a pyramid and an eye, was Freemasonry and called out the ad for promoting pedophilia. He Completely cooked. He also took issue with rainbows in this ad, claiming God's rainbow has seven colours, but the satanic pride rainbow has only six. Recently, during Pride Week in Sydney, a woman was approached at the steps of a United Church because she was actually painting the steps the colours of the rainbow. And the person filming took issue with it, of course. course. The video was uploaded to this Instagram account, and then later a video was uploaded of men in the dark, brave, brave soldiers in the dark, painting over the rainbow steps, shouting, 
fuck the LGBT. Not long after that, the project filmed a segment with Ruben Kay making a joke about Jesus. Dishing it out but not being able to take it, things have escalated to praying over people on the streets, prayer protests and now this mobbing event. Where this goes, we don't know. Church leaders have made statements and we hope things can be de-escalated. But as observers who are allies but not LGBTQIA+, nor are we all that religious. For me, not at all. I find this absolutely concerning and scary that this is happening on our streets. This violent response just cannot be condoned. I did ask on my Twitter a little while ago, is this Christian? And the response I got from many Christians was no, it's not. I was brought up Catholic, um, Catholic schools, etc., etc. And I was reflecting that in the Bible that I read, Jesus hung out with like prostitutes. So I, I don't know if they were reading a different Bible to me where Jesus is not someone who was actually seen as a progressive. Like in the in the Bible, Jesus is seen as progressive. He actually has progressive views. His wow. views are we should love everyone yes. as we love ourselves. So I, I'm, I, I don't know. Like, I don't know. People can have their views, but I, I just don't understand it. I kept getting told that it's some form of Leviticus, I but... Look, I'm not the person. I just don't understand it. I just don't understand why anyone would hate on other Look, people. I just think that people who they are. People use religion as a cloak to have just the views that they actually feel, is my opinion. That's how you actually feel and you you use your religion as the justification for having that view. So one more chat about the pivot that the movement is making towards trans people and the LGBTQIA+ community is just happened in the last few days, actually. So it's come to our attention that members of the freedom movement are actively out there having pride events cancelled just through their threat campaigns. OG Pastor Paul Farlong of Lockdown Fame campaigned to have a drag art workshop for youth, mind you, for young people, shut down at Bunjil Place in Melbourne Southeast. And yeah, so it's gone now. <sighs> it's so disappointing. So. So that workshop that that young people were going to be able to learn how to live their lives as themselves and express their creativity in a safe space has now just been removed because some people from the local church didn't want them to. And it's costume and it's makeup. It's art. And then Julia Bebenek of Insight Media, she interrupted Storytime recently, but luckily... Power to the parents that were in attendance because they were having none of it. Um, They just escorted her out. They were like, shame, Yeah, I know. It's just so frustrating though because every time they have one of these little wins, it just emboldens them and it just, you know, they just keep going. And don't think for a second that they are only going after drag events such as Storytime or the workshops. A flyer from Mornington Council advertising a pride formal for LGBTQIA plus youth was shared by Morgan Jonas, attracting hundreds of slurs and hateful comments towards the organisers, the government because it was a publicly funded event, and the kids' parents, with some people using their public Facebook profiles with pictures of themselves with their kids, claiming that they should even show up at the event. I just don't understand why people would want to make things even harder for a group of young people who are already marginalized. Yep. 
I, I just don't understand. As a grown adult, a grown adult, you would yeah. rather make life more difficult for a young person to have some notional win against the cabal. Like- and this was blatantly targeted at <sighs> LGBTQIA plus youth. I can't even believe we have to talk about this. It's so upsetting. Yeah. It's funny because I also just found a flyer of a youth disco that my place are putting up for the same age group, 10 to 16 or 10 to 17. And the flyers looked exactly the same, except the pride one looks like it's going to be more fun, to be honest. They have glitter and photo booth at theirs. <laughs> one thing that I think is currently happening, right? And we, we, we spoke about my place and council meetings and it's kind of in the same vein because it's the same people, by the way, who are protesting both things. We've got this group of a minority number with very, very, very loud voices. And they're the only voices that people are hearing because everyone else on your Facebook community group or whatever are just going about their business. They see an event pop up in their Facebook group and go, yeah. oh, that'll be nice. And they move on to the next. These people see that event in their Facebook group. They copy it out of the Facebook group. They stick it in their Facebook groups and now everyone in the freedom movement has seen that there's an event on. And so en masse, they ring, they protest, they send emails, they create noise. And the, because they create so much noise, the people organizing the event start to get a little bit panicked and start to not quite know how they're going to handle it. So they think they're doing the right thing and they cancel it. Right. But they're not but doing the right thing. No, no, no. It is, it is inherent in local government to create safe spaces for their community. And these people are in their community. Half the people, I guarantee you that half the people that rang Bunjil Place do not live in the city of Casey. Yeah. <laughs> guarantee you. But unfortunately, no one else in the city of Casey is standing up for the people who are being mistreated. And threatened. So I guess we're trying to implore people to speak up as well. So yes. this was Bunjil, you know, send them a polite, please be polite. <laughs> we don't want to be like them, but let them know you're disappointed. And look, I, I think that we need to be really cognizant of the bigger picture here. Yeah. So yeah. this community that they're currently targeting is low hanging fruit for them which is a horrible thing to say, but it is. Yeah. They're not going to stop there. If we think that they're going to find this one issue and it's just this issue and that's all they're going to focus on, then I strongly suggest people start to read some of the news that's coming out of America. Yeah, that's right. That's where we're following. There are states in America who are making it illegal to wear drag, which by default means if you are trans... Right. You're in trouble. There is a state in, in America who is making it, trying to pass a law where if a parent gives their children access to any treatment, by treatment they also mean counseling, that they can come and take your children off you. So if you, as a parent, have a young person in your life who asks you questions around gender identity and as a parent you do the right thing and say I'm not skilled 
to navigate this conversation, I am going to get professional help to do that. They can come and take your kid. We need to be very aware that we can't live in a society where one group of people gets to decide what another group of people is or isn't allowed to do that is not illegal. To end this segment, I have a tweet I want to read out by someone I have followed for a little while now. And as I do believe that to be a true ally is to amplify their voice, I want to wrap up this weekend using the words of Genevieve Doyle. You can find her over on Twitter at Genevieve. That's at G-E-N-N-E-R-V-E-E-V-Y. Now that Kelly J. Keen Minchul, a.k.a. Posey Parker, has left Australia, I have some thoughts and reflections to share. Although most of the meetings were poorly attended, her presence in the country has stirred up and polarised many around an issue that very few know well. First thought is that it was well and truly shown that the anti-trans movement is well connected to the right and far right. The hatred and authoritarianism was on display too. Our allies got vicious servings for daring to take some of the heat. Parents of trans kids were targeted for truly abusive commentary that always ended up that they were harming their kids for their own reasons. That they weren't just like other parents, doing their best. The capacity to lie and change the lie as it suited them was seen. Deflection, clearly nonsensical things said in the hope that the gusto applied would make it true. The claim to speak for all women was patently false. It was all about women that were anti-trans, with even the feminist mainstays actively rejected. Anti-contraceptives and anti-abortion choice. Those are very right-wing. That the religious far-right don't mind aggression and chaos to get what they want. It was funded by such an organisation. We have speakers here that could have done this, but they chose to import a bigot known to spew hate. And that draws right-wing paramilitary types. That we have politicians in this country that will happily demonise a whole minority with slurs that insinuate them being a danger to women and children. Quite ironic to hear people that had long slurred members of the LGBTQIA community as groomers, then being upset at the association with neo-Nazis who did in fact turn up to show support. The deliberate use of fear to create irrational mind states more amenable to exaggerating risk. The elevation of statistically unlikely to be violent people to be a big risk. The constant reversal of cause and effect. Rewriting of history, claiming women's rights are being eroded when they aren't, and instead using that claim to erode the rights of trans people. Using feminist language to try and mask some ridiculous claims, like attempting to say what they were doing is about women's rights when they had incredibly narrow scope and were in fact anti-trans. Showing that they see themselves as the gender police of everyone. They were accusing cis women of being men simply for being supportive of trans people. Rolling back freedom in clothing, a significant signature of feminist gains, is their goal. I always have more to say. Looking in the future, the goals of trans people are still much the same. We want to be able to live as ourselves and have the rights and equality of other citizens as our authentic selves. Trans people are a kind of human, not a lifestyle choice. Trans people are not choosing to be deliberately unusual and have had a consistent description backed by science as people born with a less common gender or sex alignment. It runs deep in our person. It's not some kind of simple dress-up and imagined identity. Currently, we get mistreatment and hatred. 
It results in discrimination and more difficult lives. We'd like that to improve. As for kids, it's absolute bullshit that irreversible and dangerous procedures happen. It's not even legal. We do remember our lives as trans kids and the amount of hiding and anguish. Let the kid, parents and healthcare providers work it out. Please keep an open mind about the issues that have come up and try to be well informed. I'll leave you with a key human rights question. What if it was me? To my mind, this election stinks to high heaven. It is completely untrustworthy. Whatever result they get is completely untrustworthy. I feel like Trump, when they challenged him, and said, if, if you lose, will you accept the result? No, not because I necessarily want the job, because I know it's corrupt. So That's there you right. go. So we are actually recording this on election day, guys. So by the time this is in your ears, Bosie and Guru, along with all of their group candidates, will be sitting in the New South Wales Parliament passing laws to reduce our tax to 2%. Hooray! Woohoo! Banning local <laughs> governments and working out who's first in what is a very long list of people facing the gallows. I think we're on that list. <laughs> oh, look. I got told once I was... I got told a while ago I was on a list. I don't know if I'm still on it. <laughs> Look, it really is just a silly performative game. The same as every other election Big Rick has contested. He has no interest of getting into power. No. If he did, he would register his party as an actual political party and actually do some campaigning. <laughs> and by campaigning, I mean spending time on the ground, shaking hands, kissing babies, listening to community concerns, as opposed to appearing on the Captain Kyle show, talking about how the election has been stolen. It's been so bizarre. Anyway. Yet again, I am genuinely astounded at the lack of political process knowledge within this cohort. They genuinely have no clue how government works. They really believe that if Bosey can get in, he can change the tax structure, <laughs> even though that's a federal government thing <laughs> so <sighs> when the sun comes up tomorrow and guru realizes he's not in fact a federal senator <laughs> they will swing easily into the next part of the story it was stolen how could they count the votes so fast they transported the ballots between locations people are selected not elected <laughs> <laughs> and we will still have Guru and Kaz five days a week. Sorry, but they're not going anywhere. Trust us. Thank you for listening to Tinfoil Tales. As Sauce said in the last episode, we have gone from funny to sad, so our content today was quite serious, but hopefully we can return to some of the funny stuff soon. We do have some ideas to return to some light topics. I do. I've been keeping an eye on one of my favourites. He's been quiet for a while, but he's uh, he's back, and I do like what he's got to say. So we won't say who it is or what he's talking about. We'll leave that for the next episode. But when you hear him, you'll know him. I can't wait. But unfortunately, there are people in the LGBTQIA plus community that have to live with this daily and have forever. And we hope we have helped shed a bit of light on that subject. We do plan to do a deep dive into where this all started, from the OK Groomer thing, Disney, Freemasons, to where we are now. But that will take some time to put together. 
We do want to give a recommendation to watch Tom Tanaki's recent video on this issue called Turfs, Nazis and How to Respond. In case any listeners are not aware of Tom, Tom has been fighting this issue for years and this is his wheelhouse. Pop on over to his YouTube and let him explain it to you what's going on. We will pop that link into the show notes. I have to admit, I was one of the people thinking more police action and laws to fight this, but Tom has another take. Okay, stay safe out there, everyone. Please feel free to follow us on Twitter at Sauce149 and Sunny Sandy with an L. Come chat to us. Give us your thoughts, your experiences. We don't bite. Well, Sauce does a little bit. Take care, everyone. Bye. Bye. Bye.